There are more spare seats than people here, so if you want a second chocolate coin, then do, do find one. If they're left here, they will just melt and cause more work for our team to clear up, so it'd be very helpful if adults could make sure there's no chocolate coins left by the end of our service. We didn't want you to miss out uh, this morning, and um, we didn't want you to miss out on the stories as well. I'm going to share one of the stories we've looked at this week. Stories can speak to all of us. I had a great time on our youth weekend away this year with a load of 14, 15, 16, 17-year-olds all huddled up in sleeping bags listening to a bedtime story. And we can all appreciate a story. So we're going to look at the parable of the lost coin. One of the stories Jesus told in Luke chapter 15. It's in response to a criticism. Jesus was often criticized, and his chief critics were the religious leaders, the Pharisees. They see Jesus, not for the first time, spending time with tax collectors and sinners. Tax collectors were not popular among the Jewish people. Firstly, they collected money on behalf of their occupiers, the oppressors, which was not seen as favorable. Secondly, they were thought to not just collect money for themselves, but actually to take a bit for themselves as well. They were not popular, and so this didn't go down well with the Pharisees. And Jesus is described as spending time with sinners as well, those that made no attempt to live a morally upright life, those that were despised by the religious leaders. They criticized Jesus for this. Like a group of girls in the playground tutting at the misfits or the football team in disbelief that the PE teacher has sent someone into their team who's never played football before. So the Pharisees stood in disapproval, judging, criticizing Jesus as he doesn't only spend time with these people, but he eats with them, a sign of true acceptance and friendship. And Jesus responds with these three stories, the three stories that we saw in our craft, the story of the lost sheep, the story of the lost coin and the story of the lost son or the two brothers, however you want to put it. We're going to look at that story now. The lost coin. Suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp? Sweep the house. and keep on searching until she finds it. And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me, I found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there's rejoicing in the presence of angels of God over one sinner who repents. In this story, there are kind of three groups of people listening in, and there are three figures in this story as well. There's Jesus, and Jesus connects kind of with the woman in this story, picturing who Jesus is, picturing what God is like. Jesus often chose kind of surprising figures who he chose to relate to. In the previous story, he chose a shepherd who in the first bit of the Bible is both a figure of a a kind of the promised king and savior, but also in Jewish culture was someone who was despised and looked down on a shepherd. And this time he chooses a woman. 
a peasant woman, we think, who probably lived in a small house. Why do we think that? Well, she needed to light a lamp during the daytime to search in her house. It probably had no windows, maybe just one or two rooms. So we have Jesus telling the story and the woman. We have the nine coins who appear to be in the right place, who appear to be found in their right place, as the Pharisees thought they were in the right place, living the right way. And we have the lost coin that somehow has rolled away, got lost astray, and in trouble, and in need of help. And listening in as well, we have this group of tax collectors and sinners. Three people listening to the story, three figures. The woman, a bit like Jesus, and God. The nine coins, maybe the Pharisees were thinking that was them, and the one coin that had got lost. Now, Jesus often made a beeline for those that were left out in society, that those that were judged, that those that maybe felt like misfits. He intentionally, regularly went and included them, showed love and compassion, and pointed them in the right direction. Let me tell you a few things about uh, these coins. Some people think that maybe woman wore them as kind of a head dressing, 10 coins on their head. Maybe it was her household savings. Uh, Maybe it was something to do with the marriage dowry. But they were precious and important to her. She loses one. Its value is not just like losing a copper. Uh, We think that this Greek drachma, 10 of them, equated to roughly 10 days of earnings. So it's not like just losing a copper or two. This was of value to her. I want to tell you three things that we can learn from this very simple story today. And the first is this, is that everyone is valuable to God. Jesus responds to this criticism, and he's saying that these people he's spending time with are valuable to God as well. The one coin lost, you could just leave it and dismiss it. Nine out of 10, that's not bad, is it? In many situations, nine out of 10 is not bad. But to Jesus, the one mattered. The one that no one else saw, the one that no one else valued, mattered to Jesus and mattered to God. And each and every one of us is valuable to God. That's helpful for us to hear, for ourselves. That's helpful for us to hear for the people sat next to us. That's helpful for us to hear thinking about those that are different to us, that live a different way, that make different choices. They too are immensely valuable to God. In thinking about coins this week, I read about the Canadian million dollar coin. You can see it's quite big. It was guarded and looked after very carefully. One million dollar Canadian coin. Now, quite surprisingly, uh, it was auctioned. And apparently, it went for four million (laughs) dollars. It was worth more than you could know. And that is true for each and every one of us. We are worth more than we could know to God the people Jesus was spending time with, were worth more than they could know. They were definitely worth more than what the religious leaders thought of them. Everyone is valuable to God. Second thing, Jesus came to find lost people and save them. That was our memory verse. The Son of Man came to find lost people and save them. And that's what this story demonstrated. The religious leaders weren't catching Jesus off guard. He was intentionally spending time with these people. He wanted to include and love and accept everyone, pointing them in the direction of a relationship with God. Sometimes we can have a view of God who is distant and impersonal, but this story shows that God wants to be close. 
and he wants to be personal. Jesus left the majesty of heaven and came and took on human flesh. He was totally God and totally man. And he got his hands dirty. He washed people's feet. He served people. He healed them. He taught them. He forgave them. He raised dead people. He came to search to find lost people and save them. We looked at that word lost with the children this week and we thought about L-O-S-T, lost. Sometimes uh, we can feel L, lonely. We can feel on our own in context of other people, but also in context of thinking there must be a creator God. We see the, the wonder of the place we live in, but somehow there's this disconnect from God creator. We thought about O, how we recognize we all go our own way, like the story of the younger son in our third story, who went off and lived his own way, made his own choices. We thought about we're L, lonely, we can be O, we go our own way. We thought about S, how we all, we all sin. I love the description of the word sin, of S-I-N, shove off, I'm in charge, not you. That kind of attitude where we say to God, shove off, I'm in charge, I'm the king of my life, not you. And we can all say, actually, at times, that's us. And we thought about how T, we recognize we're all in trouble. The lost son was in trouble. The coin was in trouble. It wasn't going to be used. It was going to lay there for days, maybe years. But Jesus came to find lost people and save them. The woman searches thoroughly for the coin because it's of great value. Now, we, we matter so much to God that Jesus came as a man. He demonstrated God's love for us. And he chose to go to a cross and to die for us so that we don't need to feel lonely, so that we can turn from just going our own way, so that we can say sorry for our sin, that we need not be in trouble now and and in the future for eternity because we can receive his forgiveness. And he rose again to show that he had won, that he had done it. Jesus came to find lost people and save them. I've got lost before. I was four years old. I was on a family holiday and I decided this was the time for me to make my first trip to the shop on my own. And so I left out the back door, uh, crossed over a fairly quiet road, walked down an alleyway and found a shop. And in that shop were some watsits. There was a crabbing line. There was a fishing net. There was some chocolate. All really good purchases, I thought, to make. It's about 40 minutes since I had left and made my way to this shop when my parents were concerned enough that they were considering calling the police. And they, all the family, I was the youngest, all the family went out on a search. And just before they rang the police, they found me. And uh, as I was about to get to the till and had no money, when I saw them, I actually burst into tears because I realized the trouble that I was in. To them, I was, and I believe I still am, valuable to them. And they came searching for me because I mattered to them. Uh, This week, I was asked to do my DBS check. Uh, All our volunteer leaders and staff here do DBS checks to make sure that all the regular activities we run for children and young people as part of the church here are safe. And so I went to find my documents. I asked many people to go and do this themselves. And you have to find three documents that get checked. So I found my driving license. I found a bank thing. And I was looking for my marriage certificate, something that should be quite important, really. And uh, I looked under C for certificates, and it wasn't there. I went back a column, and uh, there was B. There was the kids' birth certificates, which thankfully are still found. And uh, it wasn't there. 
So I went, found my own certificate folder from when I was younger, and I found my five-meter swimming certificate and felt quite pleased about myself. I found a few of my cub badges, and that, that reminded me of some good times, but I couldn't find my marriage certificate. And so I kept on looking, and I kept on looking, and of course, it was under M. There it was, my marriage certificate, I found it. But I kept on searching because it was important to me, not just for this role here, but because it's an important certificate. And God is in the business of searching for lost people that they can feel found, that they can find a home now and for eternity in his love and in his family. Jesus came to find lost people and save them. The coin was lost, the woman searched for it, and she found it. And Jesus is in the business of searching for lost people and finding them. Scattered amongst this room, you'll find many people who will say that's part of their story, that once upon a time they felt lost. There's still moments when they feel lost, and yet they know that they've been found by a God who sees everything they do and loves them and cares for them and sent Jesus to die and rise again, that we can say that we have been found. And final thing from this story, heaven celebrates when we return to God. This woman, when she finds her one coin, calls her neighbors and friends in and says, come and celebrate with me. That which is lost is found. And Jesus says, there's a bigger picture here, there's a, there's a bigger image going on here of the angels all getting together and celebrating with God over one person who repents and comes back to God and, celebra- and, and puts their trust in him. That word repent, it means kind of to turn around, to be going one way and then to change direction, to focus back on God and to say, we want to live his way, we want to come back to him. And the amazing thing you might have got a glimpse of in the third story we looked at this week is as the younger son turned around and made his way back towards his father, also representing God, the father was already looking, was already hoping, was already searching. And all of heaven celebrates when we accept God's love, when we turn back to him and say we want to live his way, when we want to trust in him. I really enjoyed uh, watching some of the celebrations from the Cricket World Cup recently. I'm not really into cricket, but I kind of follow most of the sports when it gets to the big moment. Like I watch Wimbledon, but I don't really watch any other tennis. And I watch England, or at least follow England a little bit, when they're in the final of a World Cup cricket match. Now, it was fascinating to see the celebrations, all the players celebrating. It was great to see how gracious the New Zealand team were as well in allowing them in this dramatic match to kind of they would just responded with great grace. But the celebrations were really fascinating to watch. Uh, you saw players hugging and embracing. Over the following days, you saw uh, the team go and visit other cricket grounds like the Oval. You saw them with children, their children, other children in schools celebrating. You saw them visit Downing Street. You saw them interviewed on all different sorts of channels. Everyone was getting in on the celebrations. Everyone got in on the celebrations. How much bigger the image, the picture of all the angels getting in on the celebration, how much it delights God's heart when we turn back to him and trust in him. Next week, we're going to be celebrating some baptisms here, a sign that people once were lost and now they're found. They want to put their trust in Jesus and live for him all their lives long. One of our holiday club team is getting baptized in the evening next week. Alex and a few other people in the morning, Alex Benjamin in the evening and three or four in the morning as well. We're really looking forward in celebrating the baptism. That is many of our story that once we felt lost and now we felt found. We found a home with God. We found forgiveness 
with God. We found purpose with God, not living our own way, but living with God as our king. We've really enjoyed teaching these stories to the children this week. And all this reminded me of, of God's great value uh, for me and for each and every person that I know. A reminder to myself that Jesus is the one who is searching and saving still today. I wonder where you're at listening into this story. If you're a guest here, I hope you felt welcome. I hope you felt valued. And we want you to know that God loves you and he values you. For many of us here, we might be just reminded and grateful uh, that we could say once we were lost and now we're found. Maybe hearing this story and seeing what's going on in our church has raised questions for you. We'd, we'd love to invite you to come along regularly. Uh, there's different groups that happen that help explore the Christian faith. We're hoping to do another Alpha course, uh, which is an a evening course, which helps us explore some of the big questions of who is Jesus? What were the kind of things he said? Why did he die? What about the Bible? What about prayer? All those things. We'd love to point you in the right direction for those questions as well. We hope you've enjoyed your time with us.